everybody, welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I'm one of your hosts. I'm back. I'm feeling much better. I made it through fantasy camp. My name is Jeff. Joining me as always, he's been patiently waiting in the studio since we last recorded. Hasn't left. You just couldn't wait to get back to it. It's Mark A. Johnston. Well, I was not aware that I was allowed to leave. Oh, Oh my gosh. I'm hungry, man. You mean after the show I can go? Yes, it's oh, we'll, we'll oh, release good. you. It's been like three weeks. Like it's been, it's been a good time. You, you know how they tell you you're not supposed to go grocery shopping if you're hungry. Yeah. Well, I just keep getting hungrier, and so I don't know what to go do. Grocery shopping. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Really catch twenty two there. Yeah. But no, we're back. We appreciate everybody's patience. Obviously, we knew we were going to miss uh, a little bit of time. I was gone at fantasy camp, and then. You know, I spend all this money on fantasy camp and all I come back with is COVID. (laughs) It's a souvenir. Yeah, it's a a new t-shirt that says that, but I had an incredible time there. Not going to talk about it here. I think we're going to, once I get some media together, we're going to do a little, uh, we'll do a live Twitch or YouTube and then I'll edit and put it on YouTube. I got a whole bunch of things to show off. I got pictures, I got stories, but we're not going to do that here. We'll do that on, a, on another platform, but uh, look out for that if you're interested. And uh, just know that it, uh, about this time next year, uh, I'm already signed up, so it'll we'll have another little break. <laughs> I'm going to go next year with you, and we're going to be on opposite teams. Uh, to the A's, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, why not? There are guys there in A's camp that uh, immediately following the final day of our camp, they went to Peoria and uh, we're starting the Mariners fantasy camp. Goodness gracious. Because they, you know, Dave Henderson used to do this whole thing and the A's and, and, and Mariners camps were together and they play each other. So these guys have been going for a long time. So they do one camp and then they go do the other camp the next week. Nice. That's fun. Yeah, I wish. I, I, <laughs> well, I, not back to back. I don't think I could have made it this time, but... All right, well, we'll get into that, like I said, elsewhere. Let's get into the show. We haven't done a show for th- like three weeks, and that's by far the longest we've ever gone, and I'm I'm anxious, Mark. I got things to talk about. Okay, well, shoot. Why hold back? Yeah, okay, let's get right into it. So first of all, last show, if you remember, I mentioned that I might have uncovered some evidence that Babe Ruth might have actually not been a sultan at all. Right. That's That was very disappointing. Yeah, I... Uh, Okay, I don't want to go too far, but uh, he might not be the king of swing either. I see no royal blood in his in his line. But this got me to thinking about other titles that players might have been given that might not have been earned. Jerry Brown, remember, middle infielder? Uh, He was called the governor. Yeah, I don't think he was ever elected. Yeah, there was a Jerry Brown that I think was twice the governor of California, but that was a different one. So they really got him mixed up. Um, let's see. Sean Casey is known as the mayor. I yes. have found no results of him winning any mayoral race <sighs> anywhere. Yes. Uh, Denny Martinez, El Presidente. Oh, sure. What? Where? What? Yeah. I figured Central America or something. Central America is not a country. I, I, I no, I figured somewhere around there. Just the whole region? He's like, yes, yeah, somewhere. He's a presidente of one of those countries in Central no, America. But no, false. No, never happened. Tom Foley. Now, do you remember Tom Foley? I do. Yeah, I think he was another middle infielder. But also there was Tom Foley from the state of Washington who was Speaker of the House. He was. For a while. And uh, no, I don't believe that the baseball Tom Foley was ever elected. Did they ever call him the speaker? I don't know. That's the, that. I put a question mark after that one. I think 
he might have been referred to. I don't that. think Chris Speaker was Speaker of the House either. Yeah, I know. Chris Speaker came to mind too. But I think that's his last name, so that's okay. But are there any other titles that maybe we have missed here? I want to blow the lid off these sham elections. I see a lot yes. of a lot about this on social media, so I want to get involved. Who else has been is claiming a title that has not actually earned it? Let us know. I, I just came up with these literally uh, in five minutes. I, I came up with these. I know I'm missing some. Let's hear about them. If you got them, let us know. And uh, we'll get back to that and blow the lid off this stuff. All right. Mark, we like Tommy Lasorda, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, ha- we did an entire episode on him at one point. We did. And if you haven't heard it, I want you to do the two things. Uh, hit stop. Go back and listen to it. Then come back. We'll wait. We're just- <laughs> we'll wait. Go ahead. All right. I mean, I think the episode's like an hour long. So just- Jeff, don't talk because they'll keep listening. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So if you have listened to it, just fast forward an hour. We're just going to be quiet for about an hour and let everybody get caught up. Now, assuming that you're back, uh, I've done some reading about the making of Naked Gun, the movie, uh-huh. which, of course, yes. is a great fan- baseball scene in it. it. It's a it's a hilarious movie. It's a fantastic movie that just happens to have the entire last act take place during a baseball game. It's a movie based on an old TV series called Police Squad, and I found a cameo by none other than our guy Tommy Lasorda in one of the episodes. Nice. So to set the scene up, Leslie Nielsen is paying a, a shoeshine guy. He's sitting getting his shoeshine, and he's paying him money for information because he gets all the 411 while he's shining yeah. shoes and stuff. He's the guy to go to. So he keeps feeding him money, and then you know he gets what he needs, and he gets up and he leaves. And then uh, as soon as he leaves, enter Tommy Lasorda. This is like in a train station or something where this guy is. But Tommy is in full Dodgers uniform, of course. <laughs> That's what he wore it around town. Everybody yeah. knows that. Well, and, and you, when he walks up, you can hear he's wearing spikes, too. <laughs> <But> <laughs> he walks up, sits on the bench, and uh, he slips the uh, shoeshine guy some cash looking for some very specific information. It's my pitching, Johnny. Do you think I need another starter? How should I know? The rigors of a full season on a four-man rotation are just too demanding. You need a left-handed swing man to fill your long relief spots. Give him an occasional start and he'll round out your staff nicely. You're talking about a guy like Gossage, aren't you, Johnny? Oh, come on, Tommy, use your head. Gossage is right-handed, and besides, he can't throw more than two innings. Here's the names of five Southpaws with career ERAs under 2.93. And you wouldn't have been in this mess if you hadn't given up Tommy John. <laughs> That's so. awesome. <laughs> oh, it's funny because it sounds like, you know, four-man rotations were still a thing at this point. He's uh, pushing for the five-man rotation. Yeah, yeah, it's that's interesting. So I just Tommy Lasorda is just he was great. He, was he, great. he would he would do all that kinds of stuff. Like I was at the All Star game in Seattle when that bat went flying towards yep. him. Oh, took a tumble. Another classic Tommy moment. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he tumbled like a like it was a pratfall, but I don't think it was on purpose. He was just I agree. <laughs> he was just getting out of the way, and it ended up looking pretty funny. Yeah. Hey, so here's another question for you. I saw this on social media, and this made me think for a while. Name a player who was a legend for your team, but was really never 
you know, wasn't a great player, just kind of average, but he was a legend on your team. Yeah. So I'll let you think about that for a minute. I don't know if you want to do Mariners or, or Astros there, but I was thinking for for myself as an athletics fan, Marco Scudero. Oh, yeah. Absolutely a legend on, on you know, with A's fans. He had a pretty good career, 13 years in the big leagues. He ended up hitting 277, a 341 on base. He was an, an all-star in his second-to-last season, his only all-star year, but he had an incredible year with the Giants. But he was just, he played everywhere. He got clutch hits. A's fans, of course, remember there, there's a walk-off home run against Mariano Rivera that is, I think it was in the playoffs, that in Oakland, and that's really where he cemented himself as a legend. But can you think of one, you know, a legend that probably, you know, if you were looking at baseball cards, you would consider common, but is a legend for, for your team? Absolutely. I, I, I'm, I'm going to do one for the Mariners and one for the Astros. The Astros legend I'm thinking of is Jose Cruz. Okay. Um, people look at him and go, yeah, he's a good ball player. He's a career 284 hitter, hit 165 home runs, played 13 years for the Astros. You know, nothing's too spectacular on there, but for the Astros, he was all the power that they had for a few years. And he, he wasn't, he didn't have a ton of power and it was hard to hit home runs out of the Astrodome anyway. But Cruz, a uh, career war of 54.4, very solid ball player. All right. And you said you had one for the Mariners as well? Raul Ibanez. Raul. Oh, I can just hear his walk-up music. <laughs> yeah. Raul, Raul's funny because he played for the Mariners a, few different times they would trade him away he'd come back you know he played 19 years in the big leagues and boy they loved him in seattle career war of 20.9 272 lifetime batting average hit 305 home runs yeah he had boy double figures in home runs from let's see all the way from 2001 through 2013 every totally underrated ball player yeah, he was and he's high up in baseball right now i think or or with a team i know he's he's in the off the front office of either baseball or a team, maybe the Phillies. But I know he's he's been doing good stuff. He's very, very highly thought of as a baseball mind. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, before we get done with our BP segment here, let's get into some trivia, Mark. I asked a trivia question a long time ago, and I'm just I know we got some correct answers. It was three weeks ago. I I I lost it. I don't know who uh, who did it. If you uh, sent the correct answer once I tell you, just know that we we appreciate it. My question was, of the 54 players recorded in Major League history to have weighed over 270 pounds or heavier, only one hit a home run after his 37th birthday. Who is it? Now, I know you had an answer. Yeah, I changed my answer. <laughs> you changed <laughs> because well, you were on I, a streak. You've hit, you've, I think like two weeks in a row, you got this correct. I honestly probably wouldn't have got it except for, uh, we had three guys that guessed the same answer in, uh, oh, so you're just, I got emails from. you're just so taking I'm, listeners that gave us the correct answer. And then you're like, yep, that's my answer too. Exactly. It was three <laughs> votes to none. <laughs> and what, what, what was your, what did this answer that they're giving you? They're saying, I kind of remember him hitting a late homer in his career, and he had to have been about 270 pounds, C.C. Sabathia. That is incorrect. No. Yes, it is. You've already told me, because I guessed that. I don't, I, I'll look it up. I Did C.C. Sabathia ever hit a home run? I'm not sure. Well, I have another guess. Then. Okay. 
How about Bartolo Colon? There you go. That's more like big sexy. You know, again, I, I say it, you know, if the answer to a question could be Ricky Henderson, the answer is probably Ricky Henderson. I'd like to amend that and say also, if the answer possibly could be big sexy, the answer is big sexy. <laughs> yeah, so he, he was 43 years old when he finally hit his first home run. His only home run. Remember at Petco Park and hit it into left field and oh my gosh, just the yep. the, the crowd, his teammates, just I mean that was a moment. <laughs> Nobody expected that. Nobody. He was a visiting pitcher. He was pitching for the Mets and he was in San Diego, but everybody was happy about that. <laughs> Even the guy that gave up the home run was impressed, you know. Yeah, so I've been re- I did some reading about Bartolo. He is supposedly still active he said he is going to retire after the caribbean season this year Mm. but i know i went on his instagram and he's still putting around doing anything related to baseball he's written a book the guy's just he's just fun yeah he's great i did have i just want to do a shout out for tom stanton and and mick haupt who got the uh, trivia answer right via email congratulations uh to all involved let's just take a quick peek and see did cc sabathia ever hit a home run and uh, the answer is he did. He hit, uh, wow, he hit three, as a matter oh, of wow. fact. But he hit them uh, age, let's see, his first one at age 24, and then two in one season at age 25. So I think wow. you had everything right there except for the birthday part. All right, here is a trivia question for this week. Mark, uh, we will give you the answer next week. Feel free to tell us if you know what it is. But which member of the 500 Home Run Club has the most inside-the-park home runs? Ooh, that's good. Yeah, this was a, and this is kind of tricky because uh, next week I'm excited to talk about this because there were some circumstances here that helped this person. And the answer is not Bartolo Colon. He did not make the 500 Home Run Club. But it also limits the number of answers because not that many people have hit 500. But right. regardless, next week we will tell you for sure who did that. So uh, if you want to tell us, uh, you can reach us on social media, email. We've got phone numbers. We've got everything. We'll give it all to you at the end of the show. All right, Mark, that's going to wrap up this uh, episode of batting practice. Let me tell you, batting practice helps. Uh, during fantasy camp, I got there <laughs> early and I went and took cuts in the cages, helped me warm up. Uh, it helped me see the ball a little bit better eventually. Uh, <laughs> and I ran into Ramon Laureano at the cage one day. So that was no pretty, kidding. Yeah, that was pretty exciting. Did he give you some pointers? Uh, he, I did not talk to him. He did not oh. look like he wanted to talk. I mean, he, I don't think I've, I've ever seen him smile, and he was not smiling. So I did not. But Nick Allen said hi to me. So that's nice. Got that going for me. Cool. All right, so let's get into the the bulk of the show. We are doing, this is another Tales from the Dugout. We usually like to space them out a little bit more, but because of uh, being sick, I really didn't get a lot of time to do a lot of work on the show last week. So uh, we've just got some some smaller, quicker stories. I feel like both of my stories, Mark, I kind of feel like Paul Harvey, like they're kind of, and now the rest of the story kind of. Good day. Good day. Oh, I was Australian there. I was like (laughs) Crocodile Dundee for some reason, mate. Yeah, well, you can tell an Australian baseball story. I well, they're they're in uh, they're they're in their playoffs right now in Australia. I have not looked. I know Josh Reddick was pitching in that league. Right, that's right. I wonder if that's on. Do you know if there's any place I can watch that? 
previously they did they showed a lot of games live on youtube you can still watch games just not live on youtube but they they do have a package you can buy and watch them live they are streaming live games uh you got to pay a little bit of money it's not much but the season's almost over if you want to go and and look go uh and just google it i'm (laughs) thanks man just or bing it i don't care what you do ask jeeves (laughs) whatever all right uh, mark i'm gonna go first uh, I was doing some uh, reading, and for some reason, I stumbled across a name I hadn't thought about for a while: Margot Adams. Margot, <laughs> yeah, Margot Adams and Wade Boggs in 1989. Uh-huh. That was a big thing, boy. Before social media, this was. Imagine social media in 1989 with this Margot Adams and Wade Boggs thing. It would have been. Huge. Oh God. Uh, so something I did not know about Margot Adams, though, was that she also had an affair with Steve Garvey. Yeah, I mean, of course she did. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm an idiot for just not assuming that she and Steve right. Garvey had gotten along. She place. liked the ball players. Yeah, apparently, and they liked her. I oh boy, they they yeah. did. Now, if you would have told me that she and Paul Molitor would have hooked up, I would have believed it as well, because apparently, yeah. just she was prolific. Nick Cannon. I don't know. Maybe Nick Cannon and Margot Adams. Uh, there you go. I, I don't know. They're still together. I think Sean Kemp, uh, the basketball player, has something like 42 children by 41 <laughs> yes, different moms. Yeah, he he was very productive as well. <laughs> he's <laughs> prolific. He was good at some other things besides the basketball, I yes. guess. <laughs> so, uh, now, I did find this great quote attributed to Tommy Lasorda. This is, is Tommy Lasorda like our Pete Browning of this episode? Like, he's he just is. everywhere. Uh, Tommy Lasorda, when uh, when asked about the number of kids Steve Garvey he had, he said, quote, what's he trying to do? Become the father of the country? <laughs> Which uh, was pretty clever. But now this did lead me down a rabbit hole of Wade Boggs stories. And I'm going to exclude the ones that include, you know, a lot of beer on cross-country flights. Sure. Now, Mark, I think a lot of our listeners are of a certain age, generally around our age. Uh, I think Gen X is a pretty good description of our our core audience. I know we have some older and some younger listeners that just love baseball and want to hear stories, and that's great. We don't play favorites. You know, we try to celebrate baseball's entire catalog. But this is based in in the 80s and 90s. One thing I remember about uh, the late 80s and the 90s were 1976 or 1900 numbers. Oh, yeah. These were num- yeah. these are numbers you could call if you don't know about them. They cost a lot of money per minute, but uh, you call them. A lot of them were adult oriented. I think they're still around. I don't know why anybody would be calling a phone number uh, at this day and age. But uh, if you've got a rotary phone, maybe that's what you do. And uh, there were other numbers for other things that you could, you know, now just find on the internet for free. So, Mark, who is a baseball player that you would think? Might have a 976 number in the late 80s. <laughs> um, late 80s. Late 80s. Who was a baseball player? And don't say Ricky Henderson. In this case, the answer is not Ricky Henderson. But who was a player that was just so full of himself and was <laughs> in, the, in the news a lot in the late 80s that he might be like, hey, people might want to know what's going up with me every day. Going down, up, sideways, all See, that stuff. I got somebody, but I think he's in the wrong era. So uh, I was going to say Manny. No, no. You know, and I don't think Manny cared that much. That's it's a. I would be interested to know what is constantly going That's on. That's exactly what I was going with. <laughs> but I don't think he cared to share that much. 
Yeah. So Jose Canseco, of course. Oh, of course. Yes. So you could dial 1-900-234-JOSE. <laughs> For $2 a minute, you could figure out what's going down with Jose Canseco. Uh, he even made a commercial for it. Hi, I'm Jose Canseco, and I want to talk to you. So call 1-900-234-JOSE. I'll give you the latest scoop on baseball and my personal life. If you want to know if I use steroids, how fast I drive, or about why I was carrying that gun, call 1-900-234-JOSE. Why oh I was God. carrying that gun. <laughs> I was wondering. <laughs> I mean, this number does not surprise me. What about somebody a little bit less Jose Canseco-ish that also had a 900 number? Would you believe Wade Boggs had a number? Wade Boggs had a a number. Is that how he met Margo? I don't know, but uh, he had a pay line that you could listen uh, to him prattle on about batting, fielding, base running, and diet and exercise tips. Oh. Lots of chicken. Yeah, when I think of fielding and base running, first of all, Wade Boggs, top of the list. I'm going there. No question about it. Yeah, He's the first guy I'm going to. Yeah, that's what he was known for. Yeah. Now, diet tips from Wade Boggs, I think this line was just paid for by Big Poultry. They're just like, (laughs) eat chicken. That's all he's going to say. He's going to tell you to buy his chicken cookbook. Like, what tips is he going to give you? Don't swallow the bones? I don't know. (laughs) Chew thoroughly. Now, speaking of phone numbers, though, don't forget, we have one. And get this, it's free. It's not $2 a, a minute. Although, not yet. yeah, not yet. Let's let's wait for it to, to really catch on. Maybe we should start leaving things like how fast we drive. Hint, not very. <laughs> do we do steroids? I mean, look at us, obviously. And oh, why, yeah. why were we carrying guns at any point? <laughs> we'll tell you. Why were we? And, and maybe we'll give some diet and exercise tips. You don't know. You got to call to find out. But uh, you can call and leave us a number. Uh, now, again, we've got this number. We're coming up on our two on this show, so we've got. Uh, we want you to leave some, leave something for us to use. You can call us at six zero seven two one six eight eight one one. No dollars per minute. Completely free. It's in the show notes. We'll hit it up again at the end of the show. But you can call us and leave us uh, questions, comments. Now, we do have some saucy comments that have been left, <laughs> which I'm which pretty. Great. Yeah, I know. I'm infinitely amused. I'm not sure we can really use them. But uh, if you want to do that, that amuses me. So you can call and <laughs> leave us what you really think about us as well. But uh, Mark, hey, how about you? Do you, you got something you want to talk about? Yeah, I was going to talk, talk about uh, a guy named Pud Galvin a little oh, bit. Pud! Yes, uh, which of course stood for Public Utilities District. Yeah, well, yeah. Actually, do you know what it stood for? It was... Pudley. His full name was Pudley, right? No, it's because he reduced batters to pudding. <laughs> well, the, now, okay, now I like Pud. I like the nickname Puddin. P-U-D-D-I-N. Yeah. Pudding Galvin. That would have yeah. been all right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pud had a heck of a career. One reason I really like Pud Galvin is because he's the same height and weight as me. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And he won 365 games. So that's 365 more than I won in the big leagues. But if you had played in his era, you very well could have been competitive. It's possible. It's possible. So his best year was 1883, where uh, he was 46 and 29 with a 2.72 run average. Wow. 75 games started and only completed 72 of them. Oh, um, and a 
measly five shutouts at that. And he accepted a paycheck. Jeez. Yeah, you believe that guy? Yeah, and that was on pace to his 656 and one-third innings that he pitched, facing 2,741 batters in one season. Jeez. <laughs> now, in 656 innings, he only struck out 279, mm-hmm. but he only walked 50. Wow. And it was not a home run era, but in 656 innings, you would think he'd give up more than nine home runs. <laughs> he gave up nine that year. Wow. Pretty impressive. So why am I talking about Pud Galvin? Pud Galvin, he was, as far as I could find, the first guy to actually juice. What? Um, yeah, I kid you not. He started getting older and looking for something to help, and he found this substance called the brown Sicard elixir. The brown stuff, as opposed to the clear stuff? The yeah. brown Sicard. Now, brown Sicard elixir was made out of goat testicles. And so the, the uh, ingredient that they were going for was testosterone. Okay? So he used these performance enhancers, got a little bit better. But uh, in looking at it now, it doesn't really look like that was something that could have helped him. It was probably all in his head. As far as I know, he is the only uh, baseball player I know that injected himself with goat testicles. Kind of funny, the media, how much they hate, and and so do we, uh, steroids in, in baseball. But back then, it was a big deal. They were like, look at Pud Galvin. He's revitalized his career. Everybody should be taking this elixir. How come our hometown nine isn't taking this elixir? Everybody should be shooting this up. It was probably like 90% cocaine, too. Let's be honest. (laughs) Who knows back then? But Pud Galvin still in the Hall of Fame after taking goat testicle elixir. Now, I am reading something here about brown Sicard that says it's monkey testosterone. Well, it could be. You know, this is this a few years ago. And all I can think of is that scene from Indiana Jones where they're eating monkey brain. And I'm wondering if that's how he ingested this was it a shot in the butt like you know jose or was it monkey brains or was it rocky mountain oysters we got a lot of questions going on here yeah lots i think pud might have referred to the the juice more than the pudding (laughs) pud galvin juicer but a heck of a career and um it makes me wonder if i had shot up some goat or monkey testicle juice um not too late i could have been good since i'm the same size not too late yeah All right. Well, I got one more thing here. Mark, do you remember a pitcher from the 2000s? His name was Kyle Denny. Sounds familiar, but I couldn't tell you who he played for. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy. (laughs) He didn't play for long. But uh, Kyle Denny was born in Prague. Mm. Uh, Prague, Oklahoma, of course. But Prague, nonetheless. He is the second professional baseball player to hail from Prague. The first being the greatest athlete, all-around athlete, I think, of all time in Jim Thorpe. So... Oh, yeah. No pressure there to live up to Jim Thorpe from uh, Prague, Oklahoma. But uh, let's see. Kyle came up with Cleveland in 2004. He only pitched in four games. They were all starts. He went one and two with a 9.56 ERA. Gave up a lot of hits. I'm not going to lie. He gave up 32 hits in 16 innings. The next season, while down in the minor receives, was hit in the head on a line drive comebacker. Fractured his skull. Pretty much ended his career. He came back a little bit, but he just... Couldn't pitch very well after that. But during those four games in the show, something happened that led us to be talking about Kyle Denny still today. It happened in 2004 as Denny was on the Cleveland bus, leaving, departing Kauffman Stadium, following a game against the Royals. Somehow a gun was fired. Not sure where, not sure if the, you know, the Cleveland bus was the target, but this is America. Guns. 
Anything goes. So this bullet tears through the side of the bus and hits Denny in the calf. Oh, jeez. This is serious stuff. Somebody has fired a gun. It has hit somebody in the leg. You know, an innocent person. It's, it's hit them. But Denny walked away from the incident with only a scratch. So, wow. got to ask, was Kyle Denny wearing Kevlar pants? <laughs> you know, I, I heard, I remember something about him in the Kevlar. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is Kyle Denny actually Superman? Maybe he is Kevlar. Is Kyle Denny a ghost? Is this like a, a spoiler alert? The M. Night Shyamalan movie about ghosts. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. Sixth Sense. Sixth Sense. Yeah. Spoiler. And I'm sorry. I have not seen the movie and I already know. So I'm sorry. Not sorry for that spoiler. But surprisingly enough, none of these are true. Fortunately for Denny, back in 2004, rookies in the big leagues were still subjected to a form of hazing that has been not completely eradicated by MLB today, but there are rules in place. But often on uh, one trip a season, rookies at this point were forced to dress up as women because apparently that is the most degrading thing you could possibly do at that point. I've seen pictures of this from, I mean, back in the 80s. Uh, this was a big thing in, in the 90s. It definitely was. It was, a, it was a big thing for a long time to do this. They still do it today, but one rule has been put in place is that you can't dress up as a woman. So it really, it's now it's like large dudes dressed up in kids' Halloween costumes. No more <laughs> sexy nurse or sexy construction worker, but instead it's, you know, a 6'3", 220 guy dressed up as Bob the Builder or the Hamburglar, you know, something <laughs> like that. I saw a, a about a 6'5 guy at one of my conventions that was dressed as Strawberry Shortcake, so... Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if you choose to do that, that's great. But to force somebody to do it thinking it's degrading, 100% on board why this has been, you know, kind of uh, tampered down a little bit. So, but in, in 2004, it was it was still the Wild West. So Kyle Denny was dressed up. This was this happened to be one of those trips where they all the rookies were dressed up and he was dressed up as an iconic USC song leader. So. If you know what USC song leaders uh, dress like, first of all, congratulations, because that's a great memory. <laughs> it's a good thing yes. to have up, up top there. So they uh, typically, traditionally, they have a white USC sweater on, a very short skirt, and knee-high white leather boots. Very thick leather boots, in, in fact. So, so thick that they actually stopped the bullet, and Denny walked away with only a scratch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. So I could not find anything else about this. I don't know if they found out who shot the bullet. Were they aiming at the Cleveland bus? Was there a grassy knoll anywhere around there? Is Denny now a big USC fan? I don't know. But I think this will go down with like Babe Ruth's called shot as one of baseball's greatest unsolved mysteries. That's, uh, that's crazy. So if you have any information about this, by the way, if yeah. you heard a shot come from somewhere, if you saw somebody running away, if the FBI and CIA were, you know, lurking around, uh, if Roger McDowell was anywhere, let us know. Mm -hmm. We need we need to get to the bottom of this. We, we will protect your identities. <laughs> Call us at 607-216-8811. If you're the shooter, we want to talk to you. Yes, we'll, we'll do the voice. We'll disguise your voice. Oh, yeah. this is a thing, yeah, We'll guys. get one of those voice disguisers. Yeah. Definitely need to give us a call. I wanted to talk real quick about um, the pretzel curve, which was a pitch thrown by my newest favorite nickname, 
Charles Pretzels Getson. Ah, yes. You gotta pretzels. love the name Pretzels. Pretzels. <laughs> What's up, pretzels? <laughs> he he got. Did he get that nickname? Because like in between innings, he'd be scarfing down pretzels. In the, well, that uh, was the my first thought, but it was because he threw a pretty wicked curveball. Mm. They called him the called it the pretzel curveball because it and would tie people up in knots. That must be something like that. So I, I found this the, a couple quotes I want to read. Uh, one is from Sporting Life, and it's describing Getson's. Uh, uh, unusual delivery. It says in delivering his pretzels, Getz faces third base with one foot in either corner of lower end of the box. Bending the left knee slightly, he draws his right arm well back. Then straightening up quickly, he slides the left foot forward with a characteristic little skip and bringing his arm around with a swift overhand swing, drives the ball in at a lively pace. Okay, now I got a couple of questions. First of yeah. all, what what time period is this? This is 1880s. Okay, so he's not pitching off a mound. He's pitching from a box, which is what you described. Exactly, I want to get yes. That. And then also, sounds like he's just pitching from the stretch at all times. All times. All yeah. right. Got That's it. what it looks like. But the reason I wanted to read this is because the Grand Rapids world, they had a, a response to pretzels uh, curveballs. What, they were angry about it? So they wrote a, an op-ed about it? What's- no, no, they said it was fake. Um <laughs> They said that you can't make a ball curve. Oh. Uh, so uh, it, it's a little long, so bear with me. The baseball enthusiast claimed for Getson that he is able to so pitch a ball that it will describe the arc of a circle on a horizontal plane before reaching the catcher. And that, therein lies the secret of his marvelous pitching. Scientifically, this theory is utterly absurd. The forces that act upon a ball pitched by Getson are not different from those which operate on a projectile thrown from any other source. And the results must be the same and governed by the same laws. The curves are in the imagination of Getson's admirers. When the ball leaves his hand, it is beyond his control and it moves forward from the impulse last given as it leaves his hand. It is then controlled by the force of propulsion, the resistance of the atmosphere and gravitations. Getson's antic and deceptive motions may deceive the batter so that he is unable to discover the exact course of the ball in time to strike it. But he cannot throw a ball so as to make it curve on the horizontal plane. So there you have it. Curve balls are impossible. The, the, ne- the, the story following this, just below it on the paper, is about the flat earth as well. <laughs> I cracked me up, man. They were so opposed to the curveball existing. They wrote a whole, <laughs> wrote a whole op-ed about it. That was great. <laughs> All right. So that's going to wrap up the main portion of the show. But fret not, people. Uh, p- pud pretzels. Don't worry about it. We got more of the of the same kind of stuff because we're going to go into the final segment of the show, the segment that has probably become the most popular part of the show. It is time for none other than Wax Packs Heroes. Get it? Wax Pack Hero! Gotta pull the Wax Pack Hero! All right, Mark, looking at the scoreboard, it's becoming dire for me. Uh, you are leading 16 to 14. We played a 20. I have never won this thing, and I'm just itching to. I, You've I, won a few games here and there. Yeah, but I've never won the championship, and I'm not going to get into the Hall of Fame if I don't win a championship. 
Let's uh, go ahead, Mark. We're going to open up a couple of packs of baseball cards from the, uh, this isn't from the, the wax era today. We're going 2003. I'm trying to get through these 2003 cards. Uh, but what we're going to do, Mark, is uh, we're going to look at them. We're going to look and add up the baseball reference war of each of these cards. Got a couple of things that can add or subtract to that total. First of all, anything on the player's face. That means flip down glasses, means wraparound glasses, means science teacher glasses, any of those eye black, uh, any sort of mustache or beard, that is all an extra tenth of a point of war. But if it's a really good mustache, like the one that I had at fantasy camp, that's a two tenths of a point bonus. If they're wearing real stirrups where we can see sanitary socks, we like that, that's an extra tenth of a point. But if two and ones, we don't like that. That's minus tenth of a point. Sweatbands with your caricature or jersey number on it, that's good for a tenth of a point. Any of your final three seasons uh, in the retirement home that was the Seattle Mariners at this point, that's a tenth of a point per season. Two flaps or no flaps on your batting helmet, or if you're batting without batting gloves, that's an extra tenth of a point. You win any awards that year, meaning Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP. If you are an All-Star or a Gold Glove, that's a half a point for each. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, whether they are the focus or not, that is a whole point of war. Nolan Ryan appears. Mark, you're going to get five extra points regardless of who draws it. Ricky Henderson, same for me. Not worried about uh, Nolan Ryan at this point. And we're both going to pick a team. And uh, likewise, whoever draw, you know, if, if I pick a team and you draw it, I get a, a half a point. And uh, likewise, you get a half point if your team is picked. So who are you going to go with today? Pretzels pitched for the Detroit Wolverines. Um, so Wolverines, I guess I'll go okay. with the Tigers. Nope. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go with the Wolverines. I felt yeah, pretty good. Like you weren't going to pull a Wolverine. Yeah, I was pretty positive I wasn't going to get a Wolverine. All right. Well, um, the Tigers, I am going to, just for fun, I'm going to go with the Seattle Mariners. Oh, nice. Simply in honor of you. I appreciate the honor. Yeah. All right, Mark. So I got two packs here. Uh, one in my left hand, one in my right hand. Which one would you like? Going right. Going right. All right. I'm going to, did I win? I don't remember if I won. I remember I was going first for a little bit there and that was helping, but I'm, I'm going to have you go first again. So, okay. Gonna, yeah. I'm going to have you go first here. All right, Mark. So uh, let's get underway here. Your first card is a postseason highlight uh, from, uh, I guess this would be 2002. It is Kendry's, uh, or no. Adam Kennedy's three-run homer lifts Angels. Adam Kennedy, oh, nice. uh, over game five versus the Twins. The Angels won 13-5, to five, so it seemed like it was a walk-up. Uh, Kennedy went four for four with three home runs, five RBI. That's pretty well. Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say that he's the reason why they won that game. Yeah. Uh, this is cool. They've got the entire box score on the back of the card here. Uh, wow. Adam Kennedy became the sixth player to hit three home runs in a postseason game, propelling the Angels into the World Series. All right, let's see. Adam Kennedy played for 14 years in the big leagues, including his second to last season was with the Mariners. I do not remember that. I, I kind of remember that. Well, it's going to help you out. Yeah. Uh, good for him. Uh, let's see, though. In 2000, and what are these cards? 2003 with Anaheim. Uh, let's see, he hit 269, 344 on base. That's pretty good. 13 home runs, 49 RBI, 22 stolen bases, and an OPS of 98. And all of that will, wow, a war of 3.5. He is, uh, he's got some eye black and he played for the Mariners. So uh, that will be a 3.7 right out of the gate. Very nice. That's not a bad haul. Didn't expect that. No, that's, that's, uh, that is pretty good. 
Oh, he was tra- oh, first of all, first round pick by the Cardinals in 97. Uh, he was traded with Kent Bottenfield to the Angels for Jim Edmonds. So that's Ooh. how Edmonds uh, got to Ooh. the Cardinals. All right, so good start for you there. Your next card, oh, you got all these inserts now. You've got a Sporting News All-Star. It wow. is uh, here with the Red Sox. It's Derek Lowe. Derek Lowe did not have a bad career. Played for like every team. But I believe he started with the Mariners because I remember him in AAA. Yeah, looks like he came up with the Mariners. Uh, overall, 17 years in the big leagues. Red Sox, Dodgers, Atlanta, Texas, Cleveland, New York, and Seattle. Overall, uh, wow, he came in third in the Cy Young voting in 2002. Wow. But we're looking at 2003, where he went 17-7, and seven, a 4.47 ERA, 200 and three, I'm sorry, yeah, 203 innings pitched, 110 strikeouts, a 110 ERA plus, and overall that will equal a point nine. Uh, he does have a, a goatee here, so that'll get you a whole positive one. Interestingly, he was involved in one of, mm-hmm. uh, considered one of the worst trades. I know exactly where you're going because I just <laughs> pulled it up. Why don't you go ahead and talk about that? Uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Low and Jason Veritek, who had a pretty good career for the Boston Red Sox, uh, straight up for Heathcliff Slocum. Heathcliff Slocum, if you got him. Yep. So it, it, there's a little, there's a story behind that, and I do not know if this is true or not. Uh, so l- just take it with a grain of salt. But the rumor I heard around the uh, lunchroom was that um, there were two lists, and the Red Sox got to pick one player from each list. Veritek on one list, Slocum on the other list, or I'm sorry, um, Low on the other list. But somebody screwed up and put Low and Veritek. They're supposed to be on the same list. They put them on separate lists. Mm. So when the Red Sox saw it, they went, oh, great. We'll take Low and Veritek. And the Mariners went, no, no, you have to take. Oh, great. So <laughs> it, it's rumored that that trade happened because of clerical error. Wow. Because, yeah, Jason Veritek, what a career he went on mm. to have with the Red the captain. Sox. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, very nice. That's uh, that's a one for you to to 4.7. Your oh, I like this. Your next card is a Seattle Mariner. So you're in the hole right there. Yep. For me. Uh, But uh, wow, these are some some they're all like these special cards. Uh, This is a season highlight. And it's a it's a game we've talked about quite a bit. It's Mike Cameron, Cammy, Mm -hmm. four home runs in one game against the Chicago White Sox. So uh, here you go, Mike Cameron. Very nice. He almost hit five. He hit one to the morning track. Yeah, I know, right? I think that's a record that might fall with the way, you know, if, if MLB keeps messing around with, with the balls, that is definitely something that could happen. A five homer game, can yeah. you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. So 17 years in the big leagues for uh, Cami. Mariners were in the middle, so not at the end there. Uh, he played for Seattle, White Sox, Mets. He played for a lot of teams. But he had a, boy, he had the tough job because he took over center field yes. after Ken Griffey Jr. left. Yes, not a not an enviable position, but he actually ended up winning the hearts of, of Seattle fans everywhere. They, we love him up here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. In 2003, with the Mariners, ended up hitting 253, 344 on base, 18 home runs, 76 RBI, 17 stolen bases. Pretty good. He won a gold glove this year, so that's good for you. That Yeah, that essentially wipes out the fact that he was on the Mariners for me. And overall, a 4.8 war. Wow, Cammy. Wow, is right. That's a, that's a good card. Uh, nothing else on this card, though, is going to help you out, but 4.8, that doubles your score right there. Right on. Oh, wow. So he was in, he was involved in two pretty big trades. He was traded by the White Sox to the Reds for Paul Canerco. 
Oh, wow. Who Canerco obviously went on to have a really good career with the White Sox and the Dodgers. Then, of course, as you said, traded for uh, Ken Griffey Jr. as well. He was also traded for Xavier Nady at one point, but we're not going to we're not going to bring <laughs> that up. Uh, let's see. Does a lot of charity work. Uh, I know he also was on the uh, Mariners fantasy camp this last year. So if you're oh, cool. a fan, maybe you can go check him out. All right. So you are at 9.5. Well, oh, wow. I'm, there are a lot of Mariners in here. Oh, all right. Well, you're back to back Mariners, but uh, this one you've got a Hall of Famer. Oh, right so, on. So that really narrows it down. In fact, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to offer you anything, but I'm going to take a half a point away if you can't narrow down from 2003 what Mariner this is. Uh, do I get three guesses? No, you don't. You get one guess. <laughs> oh, three. Um, I'm going to go with. Edgar. There you go. I, I don't think Randy or, uh, or and I know Griffey was not on the team anymore. So that's why right. I, was, I was doing that. As I said, I'm not going to give you anything for getting that right, but I was going to subtract if you if you missed it. Uh, let's see. Edgar, of course, a Hall of Famer, so you got that going. Also played his entire career for the Mariners, so you get the bonus points at the end there as well. Nice. 18 years for the Mariners. Ended up with 2,247 hits. I would have really thought he would be at 3,000. It's kind yeah. of, I mean, he's he's really 700 hits away. That's a, that's a long ways away for such a great hitter. Yeah. But I guess shows how hard it is to get 3,000 hits. Yeah. Lifetime average 312, 418 on base lifetime. That's higher than Ricky that's Anderson. That's amazing. Yeah, that is incredible. Uh, let's see. In 2003, he was an all-star as well. Very nice. 24 home runs, 98 RBI, 294 average, 406 on base at age 40. A 141 OPS plus, and that is good for a 3.3 war. Wow. So uh, he does have eye black on here as well. So he's a Hall of Famer. So that'll be 4.3. The eye black will be 4.4. All-star and, uh, yeah, an all-star. So that'll be 4.9 minus the Mariners. So you'll still get a 4.5 out of him. That's awesome, Edgar. Thank you, Edgar. (laughs) Edgar, coming (laughs) up clutch once again for you. As always. Amateur free agent, not drafted. Wow. Edgar Martinez. All right. So now <laughs> I picked the Mariners. Now, again, I am I did not see these cards beforehand, but your next card is a Seattle Mariner. <laughs> Goodness sakes. It's not really helping me. You're at 14 even already. Yeah. Uh, next, though, we've got a guy. We talked about him a couple episodes ago, and I think we talked about how he was acquired by the Mariners. It is Jeff Nelson. Oh, yeah. We did talk about Nelson recently. Now, I thought Nelson, for some reason in my head, Jeff Nelson's a lefty, but he is definitely not. Uh, he's he's right. a righty. Yep. He is a tall guy, 6'8", 225, 15 years in the big leagues, eight with the Mariners, six with the Yankees, Texas and the White Sox in there as well. Four times he won a World Series. That's that's uh, not a bad thing. Yeah, all, of course, with the with the New York Yankees. None with the, with the, with the Mariners, as you can guess. Wow, 2.65 career playoff ERA. That's pretty good. Not bad. Uh, Let's see. In 2003, he split time with the Mariners and the Yankees. He went 4-2, 3.74 ERA, 68 strikeouts in 55 innings. That is good for a 117 ERA+. And overall, that is a .6 war. He's got a mustache. Oh, he's had a mustache. So that'll be a .7 for you there. And, oh, wait, he also, uh, second to last, he came back to the Mariners. His second to last season. So you'll get nice. a, a little 
half a point for there. Oh, but then I forgot I got a minus half a point because he's the Mariners. So there you go. Yep. Yeah, he's go. He's got a lot of things going on. He was traded with Tino Martinez and Jim Sear to the Yankees for Russ Davis and Sterling Hitchcock. Hmm. Russ Davis and Sterling Hitchcock, who both uh, played. They were okay. Yeah, they for played the for the Mariners. They were, they were okay. <laughs> also traded, uh, then he came back to the Mariners, and he was traded to the Yankees for Armando Benitez. Remember when Armando Benitez was on the Orioles, and he hit Tino Martinez in that huge brawl between the Yankees oh, and man. the Orioles? And then he gets sent, or, or then he ends up on the Yankees. That's yeah. must have been a, a fun <laughs> conversation that first day there. Next, we go uh, from one of your favorite teams to your other favorite team. It is pitcher for the Astros, Wade Miller. Wade Miller. Boy, I'm I'm drawing a blank here. I remember the name uh, just because he was in the National League when I was in Atlanta. Let's see. Nine years in the big league, six with Houston, two with the Cubs, and then one with the uh, Red Sox. In 2003 with Houston, he went 14 and 13 with a 4.13 ERA, 187 innings, 161 strikeouts, a 106 ERA plus, And that is a war of 1.3. Not bad. I'll take that. I mean, this, yeah, it's pretty good. Wow, there is uh, really nothing that strikes my fancy here about Wade Miller. Uh, he does not have an IMDb page. Uh, he was not a first-round draft pick, and he was not traded for anybody. He's from, or he played ball at uh, Alver- Alvernia University in Reading, Pennsylvania. And he was inducted into the Reading Baseball Hall of Fame. Now, I'm pretty sure that's Reading. And I don't want to, I mean, we got, we got, Emails when I mispronounced Daniel. Oh, so I read I wanna, it. I read it properly. Reading, Pennsylvania. Know, I just want to make sure. And maybe you're right, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it's Reading. So he is in the Reading Hall of Fame. So give him that. Right. It's, it's you no, know it's not a huge building. No points, but yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so you're at 16. Even you got three cards left here for the Baltimore Orioles. This is a good looking card. Melvin Mora. Oh sure, Melvin Mora. Let's see, Melvin Mora from Venezuela. Uh, 13 years in the big leagues, uh, really played everywhere on the infield specifically. But first couple of years, he played everywhere. It looks like a phone number here on the position column. But uh, 2003, good news for you. It is one of his two all-star seasons. Um, this is, you know, this is right. It's steroid air. I'm not going to lie. Uh, mm-hmm. 2003, four and five. He got MVP votes the next year. With a 419 on base and a 340 batting average, 27 home runs and 104 RBI. Wow. But in 2003, what we're looking at, uh, 317 average, 418 on base. He did not play the whole year. He was hurt. 15 home runs, 48 RBI, a 143 OPS plus, And that equals a 4.7 war plus an all-star. <laughs> so that'll be a 5.2. Okay, and he's got eye black, so that'll be a 5.3. Out of Melvin Mora. Out of Melvin Mora. But again, now I'm not saying anything, but this is prime. Yes. Or some other stuff. We all know what you're insinuating. Here's something interesting, man. He he said his most embarrassing moment as a player in his rookie year, he didn't know a whole lot of English. Bobby Valentine, who, by the way, another great show to listen to of ours. um, Bobby Valentine sent him to left field or sent him out to second base and he ran to left field. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of got that wrong. (laughs) That's going to be embarrassing when the left fielder then shows up. (laughs) He's out there wondering why Bobby Valentine's got two left fielders. Guy's a dead pull hitter, (laughs) righty. <laughs> See the shift, more analytics way back there. That's right. There you go. All right, you're at 21.3, your second to last card. Hey, Jose Cruz Jr. Hey, Jr., yes. Here he is with the uh, Blue Jays. 
Uh, of okay. course, Jose Cruz Jr. also played for the Mariners, came up with the Mariners. Let's see, in uh, his 12 years, and of course, he is the son of Jose Cruz, also the nephew of Hector and Tommy Cruz, who also played in the big mm, leagues. Okay. Uh, let's see, that was in the in the 70s. So, wow, that, that is a pretty, pretty good baseball family. Uh, 12 years in the big leagues, tw- uh, six with Toronto, two with the Dodgers, and then a whole slew of teams he played a couple of uh, games for. 2003, he was with the Giants. Played in 158 games, hit 250, 366 on base. That's pretty good. 20 home runs, 68 RBI, a 104 OPS plus, and that is good for a 3.2 WAR. Wow, uh, that's pretty good. He's got some shades on here too, so that'll be a 3.3 out of Cruz Jr. for you. I'll take that. Very. That's because I mentioned Dad earlier. Yeah, uh, Mariners first round draft pick in 1995. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, they traded him away for Paul Spilarczyk and Mike Timlin. That's right. So that's not a huge return for a first-round draft pick two years after he was picked, but third overall even. Yeah. Yeah, he was, I I remember getting getting his cards because I was sure he was going to be a superstar. I'm not always right, as you may have noticed if you listen to the show. (laughs) The amount of things I've edited out uh, tells me that, yes, you are correct. You're my favorite editor. Here's something interesting. Uh, Cruz Jr.'s son, Trey, was actually drafted 73rd overall in the 2020 baseball draft by the Detroit Tigers. All right, your final card. You're at 24.6. Your final card. I remember, I don't, I think I remember this guy because I would always, I think he was on my, uh, my, uh, stat, my, not my Strat team because I played Status Pro, not Strat. I think I always picked him up. Uh, it's Robert Person here with the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. Oh, wow. Robert Missing Person, I believe. <laughs> Let's see, Robert Person, nine years in the big leagues. Uh, He was a pitcher, as I mentioned, played four with Philly, three with Toronto, then the Mets and the Red Sox. In 2003, it was his final year in the big leagues, appeared in seven games, 7.71 ERA, no record, 11 innings, 10 strikeouts, a 62 ERA plus, and that is good for a war of minus 0.2. He does have a mustache, though, so you're going to only end up with a minus 0.1. Okay, I'll consider that a write-off. (laughs) <laughs> uh, wow, he was traded by the Mets straight uh, with cash to the Blue Jays for John Olerud. Oh, wow. So, they, I mean, in, in 1996, they still thought pretty highly of him if they're trading him pretty much straight up for John Olerud. And he became a Philly in 99 when the Blue Jays traded him for, again, Paul Spoljarek, who makes another appearance. Yeah, wow, look at that. That's... Uh... <laughs> How often does Paul Splinterick come up twice in any <laughs> podcast that is not entitled like Paul Splargic's Spl- <laughs> Journey to the Big Leagues? Which is know, my second podcast. You can catch that on the uh, Two Strikes yes. Podcast Network. Ratings are very high on that one. I uh, had his own fan club in Philadelphia called Persons People. Very nice. He's because he's a people person. That's why go. I would have gone with people persons, but. Uh, Oh, well, apparently he hit a grand slam. Wow. Which Pitcher with a grand slam. Yeah, there you go. All right, so you end up with a total of 24.5. That is a strong, wow. strong pack. Not bad. <clears throat> yeah, I'm not, uh, not too excited about <laughs> the prospect of what I'm going to come up with. But nonetheless, let's go ahead and open up this next pack. I need a 24.6 is all I need. All right. uh, My, well, my first card, I'm well on the way. 
It is. Now, I believe he had a world big hit in the World Series in 2001 or 2002, I guess. Uh, it is here with the Diamondbacks, Junior Spivey. I remember Junior Spivey. Junior Spivey, five years in the big leagues, three with Arizona. Then he was traded to Milwaukee and then one year with the Nats. 2003 with the D-backs. Let's see, hit 255, 326 on base. 13 homers, 50 RBI, a 90 OPS plus, And that equals a war of 0.7. Uh, he does have some eye black on, so that'll at least be a point eight, but that's uh, not much of a help. Well, I mean, it's something. Uh, drafted <laughs> in the 36th round. Wow. I was drafted in the 37th round. Yeah, I mean, he made it to the big leagues. I mean, you know, like Mike Piazza, he's uh, anything. Baseball's a crapshoot when you were t- when you drafted. Oh, yeah. uh, next card is a Mariner. Oh, another Mariner. Yeah, Jeez. I know. These, these packs are crazy. It's like they, they're branded towards Mariner fans. Uh, let's see. So this guy was at Padres Fantasy Camp. I know this because I stopped at Padres Fantasy Camp, and I never knew he played. He played like 50 games for the Padres in his entire career. I'll tell you that as soon as I look it up. But here with the Mariners is Brett Boone. He was in Fantasy Camp? Uh, Padres Fantasy Camp, that's what I was told. I did not see him while I was there, but uh, he did play, let's see, uh, one season, 2000, he played for the for the Padres. That was it. And it was just an okay season for him. Hmm. But okay, I'd still like to talk to Brett Boone. Uh, let's see, 2003. So first of all, he's with the Mariners. That's good news. That's the team I picked. He was an all-star this year. He won a gold glove this year. He got MVP votes this year. And he was a Mariner in his final, two of his final last three se- seasons. So this is stacking up pretty good. 14 years in the big league, seven with the Mariners, three with the Reds, then the Twins. Wow, I, that 14 games with the Twins is final year. I don't remember that. But I didn't remember the Padres either. Uh, let's see, 2003, he hit 294, 366 on base, 35 home runs, 117 RBI, 16 stolen bases, only caught thrice. Wow. 144 OPS plus, and all of this equals a war of 5.9. Wow. Now, let's see. All-star, gold glove, that's a whole point right there. He's on the Mariners, that's another half a point, so that's 1.5. So that will be 7.4, plus he's got flip downs. That is a a 7.5 point card for me. Man. Brett Boone's my new favorite Mariner. I guess so. Obviously, Brett comes from a big baseball family. Oh, yeah, he sure does. Wow, he, so this is how he got, well, he got to, to the Reds. He was traded for a package that included Dan Wilson, who is, I mean, when you think of Dan Wilson as a Mariner, that's sure. That's who he played for. Uh, he was a, traded a lot for a lot of names. Danny Nagel, Michael Tucker, Ryan Klesko, Wally Joyner, Reggie Sanders, Kilvi Alvarez. I mean, that's a lot of guys that he uh, that he was traded for that we like to remember those kind of names. Absolutely. That's cool. The uh, Boone family, by the way, uh, are descendants of pioneer Daniel Boone. I think we mentioned that. Yeah. So get this. Uh, Brett Boone, you know, sometimes in, in major league lockers, there's usually one or two lockers that are bigger than the rest. And that's generally where, you know, well, you're the superstar gets that because there's more media and they're the superstar. So they get more room. Brett Boone took up three lockers when he was in Cincinnati. <laughs> Uh, one of them was simply for bats. He had hundreds of bats in his locker. <laughs> That's, My gosh. You know, he had just a locker just for his bats. All right, so I'm at 8.3 after two cards. Next, I have got a Toronto Blue Jay, Kelvin Escobar. Not Scarface, but this is Kelvin Escobar. 12 years in the big leagues. 101 wins in his career in 12, 
12 years. That's pretty good. Seven with Toronto, five with the Dodgers. In 2003, he went 13-9 and with a 4.29 ERA, 180 innings pitched to 159 strikeouts for a 110 ERA plus, and that is good for a war of 3.3. Uh, and he's got a mustache, so I'll take that 3.4. Wow, get this. Cousins, oh, wow. Cousin of Ronald Acuna Jr. No kidding. Cousin of Vicente Campos. Cousin of Alcides Escobar. Cousin of Edwin Escobar. And nephew of Jose Escobar. Wow. Wow. That talking a, about the Boones being a big baseball yeah, family. I mean, that's a, that's a big family. But Alcides and, and Ronald Acuna Jr. are some, I mean, especially Acuna For sure. Jr. That's a, some big names there. This is what I. This is why I like to open different years because uh, you know if we're just sticking to wax packs, we're never going to get Kelvin Escobar and find out that he's related to That's true. these guys. So I am at eleven point seven. I'm I'm doing pretty good so far. Uh, next we have got a twin. This guy was pretty good. I mean he was really good for for uh, especially for the twins here. Third baseman Corey Koski. Oh yeah. Oh, he's a good ball player. I think he's one of those guys that was really good, but never, you know, he was never a superstar. He's never an all-star, never, you know, thought of as one of those top guys. But he played nine years in the big leagues, seven with the Twins, uh, third baseman at the hot corner there. In 2003, he hit 292, had a 393 on base. Wow. I mean, that's really good. 131 games, 14 home runs, 69 RBI, 11 stolen bases. Wow. Not bad. Uh, 122 OPS plus. I mean, this is... 22% 22% better than the average player on this year, and just no recognition. So uh, let's see, that equals a 4.2 war. I mean, 4.2 is, wow. th- that's a really, that he had a 6.3 war in 2001. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he was a good ball player. He really was apparently even better than we remember. <laughs> uh, so let's see, that is a 4.2 war. He does have eye black and a mustache here as well. So that'll be a 4.4. Man, it's chipping away. Yeah, I'm getting some, I'm, I'm being consistent here. I, I like it. A 26th round pick. Uh, all right, so uh, I'm at 16.1. Uh, there's a name I haven't heard for a while. Pitcher for the Rays, Ryan Roop. Ryan Roop. R-U-P-E. Yeah. Let's see, Ryan Roop played for five years in the big leagues, four with the Rays, one with the Red Sox. That final year was with the Red Sox in 2003. Only... Uh, four games, went one and one with a 6.3 ERA, a 76 ERA plus, and a minus 0.2 war. Now, I just said I was being consistent, and then this, yeah. this well. happens. Nothing else is going to help me out on this card at all. Ryan Kitman Roop. His middle name is Kitman. Uh, I don't think I've ever met anyone with a middle name Kitman. No, but I like it. Uh, also played in Japan for a while. Uh, let's see. He played for the, oh, he played for our favorite, the Ham Fighters, which nice. yeah. We know it's the Nippon Ham Fighters, yada, yada. Yes. Boy, one in four with them with an eight point, uh, no, I'm sorry, with a 6.67 ERA. I can it's not very good. see why he only appeared in six games before he was no longer uh, pitching <laughs> in Japan. All right. Next card, I have got a, uh, a good pitcher here for the Yankees. It is El Duque, Orlando Hernandez. Very nice. All right. Let's see El Duque. Uh, they list his actual age here, but I don't know how they possibly could. Who knows how old he is? Let's see. Uh, nine years he spent in the big league. Six with the Yankees, two with the Mets, one with the D-backs and the White Sox. And unfortunately for me, 2003 was the one year he did not play. 
I've got to assume that he was was hurt and was although usually they signify when he was hurt and uh, no there is nothing he played uh, he appeared in two games for the Brevard County Manatees in the uh, Florida League so obviously he was hurt and he was age 37 at that point and he still went on to pitch for seven more years wow I think we've talked about Orlando well I know we have because all his links are purple here in my browser so <laughs> that'll do it that'll show you yeah absolutely no help for me though unfortunately we go from one yankee to another one uh, i remember this guy this guy was a good middle reliever ramiro mendoza i believe you know he gets some spot starts too but ramiro mendoza I don't remember a lot about ramiro let's see ramiro el burro no it's el el brujo is his nickname b-r-u-j-o i do not know what that means I'm going to assume it means, well, I would think it would mean the borough, but I would think that that would mean it would be El Burro. <laughs> Just give the trill it more. <laughs> but I don't know what that means. Maybe somebody, hopefully I'm not swearing. But uh, let's see, uh, 10 years in the big leagues, eight with the Yanks, two with the Red Sox. How do you spend your whole career with the Yankees and then just the Red? Yeah, I don't know, man. You think you would develop a hatred? Yeah. But 2003, it was his first year with the Red Sox. Three and five, 37 games, 6.75 ER. Maybe he did like the Yankees, and he went in there and he stunk it up on purpose. Uh, 66 two-thirds innings, 36 strikeouts, 69 ERA plus. And uh, come on now, minus 0.5. Oh, man. <laughs> What's happening here? I thought I had a shot. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, mainly a middle reliever. He started, well, a bit more in his career. The beginning of his career, but he was a middle reliever for sure. Uh, overall, a 4.3 lifetime ERA. All right, so uh, I have got God, I got two cards left, <laughs> and I am exactly nine WAR behind you. I need two Melvin Moras or a Corey Koski in there. Yes, that's for sure. All right, well, this one might help me. Now, do I get points if he's a future first ballot Hall of Famer? Um, let me think about it. No. All right, well, we'll we'll, we'll hold off on that decision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here he is with the Dodgers. Wow, this guy was just incredible. Played for the Mariners, played for the Rangers. Uh, held the A's hostage at one point as a free agent. Uh, definite first ballot Hall of Famer. And one, one of the guys that had a great time playing baseball. It's Adrian Beltre. Gotta love AB. So uh, I got a good story I want to tell about Adrian Beltre once we get through his highlights here. Let's see. Uh, 21 years in the big leagues. Certain first ballot Hall of Famer. 3,000 hits. Almost five, he had 477 home runs, 286 career lifetime average. Just, I mean, he was just great. In 2003 with the Dodgers, let's see, he only hit 240, 290, wow, not a great season, 290 on base, 23 home runs, 80 RBI, and a 88 OPS plus, and all of that, still a, a war of 3.6. Not bad. Nothing else is going to help me out on this card, though. I was really hoping, hoping for a bigger year, like the next year when he had a 9.6. I mean, that would have put me right back in. Wow. <laughs> that would have given me the lead. Oh, just one year too early. So there is a there's a rule in baseball that you can be grandfathered in. If you weren't playing when before ear flaps were mandated, you could be grandfathered in. Well, obviously, Adrian Beltre was not grandfathered in. You have to wear a batting helmet with at least one ear flap. Well, did you know, and I was not aware of this till recently, that that ear flap can be on either side of your helmet. 
Really? So, That's really going to help you. If you're a right-hander, you can have your ear flap be on the uh, right side of your helmet that is facing the catcher and the umpire. Well, remember, there was uh, at one point Adrian Beltre uh, came up to bat, and he uh, was a uh, right-handed hitter, but he decided he was going to, for some reason, bat left-handed and flipped his helmet around, much like John Cruck did in the All-Star game when Randy Johnson buzzed the, the, the tower with the wild pitch. Uh, that is completely legal to do. There is no rule that says you cannot do that. So Funny. All right, so I'm at my final card. I am at 19 even. I am five and a half points behind you. And my final... Oh, my goodness. Again, first ballot Hall of Famer. Do I get credit? I believe we've been over this. Uh, no, still. All right, well, get this. First of all, he's a Mariner. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's got facial hair, and he has got sweatbands with his uh, jersey number on it. One that I can see. And he, he goes by one name. <laughs> I now, think I know it. We have never pulled his card on this uh, and we in, have not. In this show before, but I have. I might win. I'm feeling very confident. I, he had some big years. It is none other than uh, Ichiro. I can't believe uh, I, I pulled in Ichiro. <laughs> no doubt, All Star this year. Also won a Gold Glove. Got MVP votes. Nineteen years in the big leagues, fourteen with Seattle, three with the Yankees, three with the Marlins. Those are just not right. Uh, of course, two of his last three seasons, he came back to the, he came back to the Mariners. Uh-huh. So I am racking up the points here. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I think I might have won. This is getting scary. No, it's not. This is gonna be a blowout. We've just we're putting up some crooked numbers here in the final innings. Let's see, 159 games, hit 312, no sweat, 352 on base, 13 home runs, 62 RBI, 34 stolen bases. Only struck out 69 times in uh, 729 plate appearances. Wow. Wow. OPS plus of 112, and all of this equals a war of 5.6. Now we're going to add that he's a Mariner. Yep. So I, I get that. He was uh, two of his last seasons were uh, were in Seattle. So that's an extra two tenths of a point. Uh, he has got a mustache and he has got uh, the uh, sweatbands with his name uh, with his number on it. So that's another two tenths of a point. He was an all star and a gold glove. So that's a whole extra point. And uh, that will take me up to twenty six point five. Wow. And. And ensure a victory. Wow. wow. Congrats to me. I'm reaching around. Man, I think we got complacent over here. I think you did too. And you just, you, you didn't put in the, you didn't use your bullpen. You thought you had this all in hand. And then, uh, bam. Big mistake. Big mistake. Two Mariners is what did it. Yeah, really? <laughs> it was Ichiro and Beltran. Wow. All right. Well, I will take it. That was, uh, that was a come from behind victory. That was very exciting. Yeah, it sucked, but it was very impressive. That didn't suck. I, I well, enjoyed it. it kind of did. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that is going to do it for uh, this uh, version of Wax Packs Heroes. That takes me up to 15 wins. You're at 16, so we're getting close. Very close. Uh, that's also going to wrap up this episode. If you cannot get enough of us, uh, you can follow us all week on social media. You can find us. Uh, we're most active these days on Facebook. I post there a couple of times a day. Uh, we're also still on Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, all those kind of things if you want to find us. All the links from the show notes, or you can just search for at 2 Strike Noise. That is at T W O Strike Noise. Don't forget, we have got that phone number. 
It is, uh, if you want to give us a call, 607-213-8811. We've got our 200th show coming up in, I believe, two weeks now. So uh, call us. We ask you a couple questions. You can also just uh, tell us whatever you want there. I don't, if you want to tell us, you know, do you take steroids? Uh, how fast were you going? And uh, what was that gun doing with you in the car? Feel free to let us know as well. Mark, we also have an email address that people can reach out. Yes, you can send us electronic mail at uh, two strike noise. Spell it out: t w o strike noise at gmail dot com. We look forward to your correspondence, and uh, Mark, we also look forward to uh, seeing all these beautiful uh, listeners next week when we do this once again on another episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. 